0: informed, and inspired.
1: We love God, we ought to be
0: able to talk about Him.
1: Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and
2: information.
3: From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between.
4: It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time.
0: And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2023. It is the Feast of St. Hermengild who was a Visigoth prince in Spain during the dominance of Arianism in the year 550. He initially followed his father, King Leovild, in professing Arianism and was appointed to the throne of Seville. However, he converted to Catholicism through the influence of his Catholic wife, Ingund. When King Leovild demanded that Hermengild return to Arianism, he refused and was besieged in Seville for almost Two years before fleeing to Cordoba and then Oseto. Despite offers of reconciliation, Herman Guild remained steadfast in his Catholic faith and refused to renounce it, even refusing to receive a sacrilegious paschal communion from an Arian bishop. As a result, he was sentenced to death by his father and was beheaded on April 13, 586. King Leo Vigilde later repented and asked forgiveness on his deathbed. And the martyrdom of Saint Herman Gild is considered the first step in the conversion of all of Spain to Catholicism. Saint Hermann Gild, pray for us. Praise be to God. Today is the Thursday in the octave of Easter. I hope you haven't put away your celebrations for the Easter season because we're just getting started. And you have a lot of opportunities to get the cake and start cutting it open and bring in some ice cream. Um, it's still party season, so make sure you're getting all of that together. So praise be to God for the Easter octave. And make sure you do something special. Go visit the Blessed Sacrament and try to make the octave a special time because Sunday is Low Sunday. Why is it called Low Sunday? Because on the Sunday after Easter, everything else seems low compared to the glory and the amazingness of Easter Sunday. So make sure that you keep that Easter high all week long. At 15 past the hour, we're going to be discussing a topic that is a little bit divisive. It's going to be it's going to be a little it's going to be a little rough. We're going to talk about one of the leading causes of rapid onset gender dysphoria or and more easily or colloquially we understand it as how kids are becoming trans. It's uh, very disturbing, so that's what we're going to talk about at 15 past the hour. At 30 past the hour, we're going to be talking about gun safety and preparedness. So all that, and then in the next hour, we're going to have our game show, Fear and Trembling. And then, of course, we're going to be having our after show where we get off the radio and we chat with you directly on our social media feeds. All this and more on Catholic Drive Time today, uh, but good morning to you, Tito Edwards.
5: Good morning, Adrian. What a glorious day it is. Today's Thursday. We're almost there. We just passed the Camel Hump Day, and uh, Low Sunday's coming up this weekend. I'm looking forward to the weekend myself, but uh, wow, our faith is awesome. Easter week, this is glorious. I I just can't stop uh, being on cloud nine. Thank you very much.
0: Praise be to God. That's good to hear. You know, I I love Easter. Easter is easily the greatest season And I feel like we don't do enough. Like we have the Christmas season where all the decorations are out and everything is great. The Christmas music is playing. Why don't we have uh, Easter music and all these kind of traditions that go along with Easter? I'm thinking of, just don't tell my parents yet, that to throwing a Pentecost party. I think that would be cool. That would be cool. Awesome. Something to to enjoy, to have a good time, something, some way to celebrate. We need more celebration. We need fasting during the fasting periods and celebrations and feasting during the feasting periods. That's what we need in the church. Uh, But let's begin with prayer, as is our custom. Uh, First and foremost, I'd ask you, dear listener, to uh, pray for uh, me, that I'm, I'm in the process of trying to purchase a truck and, Whew, and buying new cars is the biggest pain in the rear I've ever experienced. And uh, working at the dealerships and all those things and uh, searching for used vehicles and all this stuff, pain in the rear. So please pray for me on my uh, search for that. And then please pray for my buddy, my, my best friend, since I was, we we're in fifth grade, Sean Pham and his soon-to-be wife, Tiffany. Uh, they're getting married this coming Saturday at Holy Rosary Church in Houston. So praise be to God. I'm very excited. And uh, so pray for them. I'll be attending that wedding. And whatever it is that you have going on in your life, we'll be praying for that, Uh, for our friends, our family, our benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for. We're keeping it all in our intentions. As we pray to the Holy Ghost, because April is dedicated to the Holy Ghost, we'll pray the Veni Sancti Spiritus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Oremus, O God, who taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards.
5: Good morning. You are listening to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Keeping you informed and inspired, today is Thursday, April 13, and these are your headlines. Crux response reports and response to claims from the Archdiocese for military services that it has violated the rights of hospitalized Catholics by terminating a pastoral services contract with a community of Franciscan priests. Walter Reed National Medical Center maintained that the contract simply expired and was then awarded to someone else and that Catholic services will still be provided at the hospital. Walter Reed awarded the contract to Mac Global LLC, a government contractor that bills itself as providing a diverse range of services and products to government agencies and private companies. The decision drew the ire of both the archdiocese and politicians alike. On a side comment, Apparently, the Archdiocese was never informed, so that seems a bit unprofessional on my part, my view. Union of catholication News reports at least 52,250 people have been killed over the last 14 years in Nigeria for being Christian. The report, titled, Christ, Martyred Christians in Nigeria and published by International Society for Civil Liberties and Rule of Law, says 30,000 plus of those have been killed since 2015 when President Muhammad Buhari came to power. The report blames what he calls Buhari's radical Islamism for those killings. Approximately 34,000 moderate Muslims were also butchered or hacked to death within the same period. Crux reports, John Paul, two insinuations in the Netflix drama series Vatican Girl case creates dilemmas for Pope Francis. Recently, a four-part Netflix series titled Vatican Girl generated new attention to the case, and in late December, Didi announced that the Vatican would open an investigation. Yesterday's meeting with Orlandi's opportunity to pass along information he's gathered over the years and to suggest directions for the Vatican probe. And finally, Breitbart reports the U.S. saw 32,000 fewer abortions in the six months after the U.S. Supreme Court issued the Dobbs decision, overturning Roe v. Wade, according to a report. States with strong pro-life laws protecting unborn babies witnessed a cumulative total of 43,410 fewer women who had abortions. Those were your headlines this morning. May God bless you all.
0: The gospel of the day comes from Luke chapter 24, verses 35 through 48. And they told the story of their encounter in the road and how they recognized him when he broke bread. While they were speaking of this, he himself stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be upon you. It is myself. Do not be afraid. They cowered down full of terror, thinking that they were seeing an apparition. What? he said to them. Are you dismayed? Whence come these summarizes in your heart? Look at my hands and my feet, to be assured that it is myself. Touch me and look. A spirit has not flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And as he spoke thus, he showed him his hands and his feet. Then, while they were still doubtful and bewildered with joy, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? So they put before him a piece of roast fish and a honeycomb. And he took these and ate in their presence and shared his meal with them. This is what I told you, he said, while I still walked in your company. How all that was written of me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he enlightened their minds to make them understand the scriptures. So it was written, he told them, and so it was fitting that Christ should suffer and and rise again from the dead on the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Of this you are the witnesses. The gospel of the Lord.
6: Praise to you,
0: Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Verse 34 here from Cornelius Alapide. He said that saying the Lord has risen indeed has appeared unto Simon. Christ appeared unto before Simon. He showed himself to the two disciples and the rest of the apostles because he was penitent and because he was the prince of the apostles. So notice that our Lord appears to Peter separately from the other apostles. And Cornelius Lapide points out that the reason for this is twofold. One, because of the repentance of Peter. Because unlike Judas who repented and hung himself, Peter repented and begged for the forgiveness of God. And because he was the prince of the apostles, since he was the head of the apostles, it is only right and fitting that he appear to them to him before he appears to them. Now very fittingly does Christ grant them his peace to take the place of the fear and perturbation of mind which his death had caused them, for he is the prince the peace of all his people. Saint Cyril says this because doing away with every difficulty He gathered together and won the merits of the cross, which are the peace because all hindrance is taken away. Now in verse 37, Cornelius Lapide says, Hence St. Ambrose says, Although Peter believed in the resurrection, yet it was but natural that he should be terrified and affrighted when he saw that the Lord had the power of suddenly presenting himself in bodily form, in a place guarded by closed doors and despite of obtrusing walls. So here, Cornelius Lapide is pointing out that Peter believed in the resurrection, but he did not know that he was going to have this resurrected body and be able to pass through walls and be able to appear where he desired. And so he was frightened by this. He was, how could this possibly be? Now here in verse 38, it says, And he said unto them, Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Why do you give away to them and permit them to arise? These thoughts, says St. Augustine's, were earthly, for had they been from heaven they would have descended, not ascended, into their hearts. Thus Christ showed that he knew the hearts of man. Now, he says, Behold my hands and my feet. If you cannot believe your sight, believe your touch. Let your hands prove whether your eyes have played you false. St. Augustine, for the sense of touch, is more to be relied upon than sight. Now, notice here, this actually has great implications, not just for the resurrection, which it, of course, has great significance, but also to us today, that we can trust our senses, that we could test reality by touching it, by feeling it, hearing, seeing, tasting, using our senses, we can judge whether or not something is true or false. And then we conform our mind to reality. And so even though we see the risen Lord, and the Lord says, you see me here. And yet some of them do not believe. They're saying, my eyes, maybe I'm there to being deceived. Maybe, I'm being, maybe it's like an, a, a, a mirage. And so our Lord says, come forward and touch me. And so you can touch me and it will confirm your sight. And so this has implications for all things in society. And whenever people claim things that are in, incongruous with reality, let's test it using our senses. Does our sight, our feeling, our touch, our hearing, all those senses, do they all conform to one another to affirm reality? That's something that we should ask. Now he says, will you ask that the secondly, whether this handling of Christ is sufficient to prove his resurrection? He says, Cornelius Lapide says, I answer that these proofs were not absolutely physically certain. For the angels, when they appear in bodily form, were touched and handled by Abraham, Lot, and the others, but they are certain in a moral sense and as far as human certainty permits. So he says it doesn't make absolute certainty, but it gives us a moral certainty. It makes us mostly sure. And so the question then becomes, well, either this person who's appearing to me and telling me all these things is deceiving me. And so it must, there's something here, or it is who he says he is. But we can confirm it because of what our Lord had promised. So it's in conformity with what happened when our Lord, before he died. He said, this was going to happen, and then it did happen. And so for that reason, we can trust our senses. So all these things, we are, don't have an irrational faith. Our faith is built upon reality. It's built upon what we can see, hear, touch, and feel. It is conforming to rationality. All these things go hand in hand. You cannot separate them. Faith and reason go hand in hand. It is only a false faith that demands that you turn off your brain. Now, much more when we come back on Catholic Drive Time. Hey, Donnie, when
6: we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? Saint Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love,
7: and pass it on. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability secondly heavenly friends those in heaven long for your prayer requests their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth sorry to say that and thirdly a pesky comeback well oral roberts university has the prayer tower TBN has a prayer department your home church probably has a prayer hotline well guess what heaven has on demand pure unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses they're waiting on you
0: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise be to God. Welcome to Easter Thursday. Hope you're celebrating the octave of Easter still. You know, we have a very concerning story. I was going through and I I came across a story about some of the sources of rapid onset gender dysphoria. And this is very concerning. Now, this story is very, very disturbing. So it's, I've kind of cleaned it up as best as I possibly can. I went through and I rewrote parts of it to make it more PG or at least PG-13. And so you have to just be careful about who's listening. But parents really need to hear this because a lot of parents think, well, this is not a big deal for my kid. It's happening to other kids, but it's not happening to my kid. Now, you have to hear the story because this is what this mother thought, and she wrote this after her daughter started to transition to become a boy. Now, the title of this article is Transgender's Connection with Pornography, It's Undeniable, published on October 11th, 2021. So you can imagine it's probably only gotten worse since then, and I just came across the story now. Now... Like I said, be uh, very careful about what ears are listening to this, but I highly recommend if you, can't t- if you have to tune out now, then come back later and listen to it away from your kids. But this is a very, very concerning story that parents really do need to be aware of. Now, here this mother writes, I'm a parent of, female, of a female child who has rapid onset of gender dysphoria. This is a new phenomenon where a child who was perfectly happy in his or her body until right around puberty, suddenly announces that he or she is the opposite sex. In the case of my daughter, when she developed this condition, she threw away all of her feminine clothes, cut her hair super short, refused to go out in public without a chest binder, and stopped shaving her legs. And of course, she came up with a new male-sounding name and insisted that everyone use it along with, along with the associated male pronouns. With rapid rapid onset of gender dysphoria, from the parent's perspective, the change is abrupt and without warning, thus the term rapid. But that term is somewhat deceiving. It doesn't quite pop up out of nowhere, despite how it might initially appear, nor does the body incongruence of gender dysphoria spring up organically, as the gender ideologues proclaim. It is not something that the child always felt, and the trans identity is not something the child determines on her own. Rather, it is carefully manufactured and cultivated on the internet and in peer groups like a tended-to plant. The pretty pot is placed out, the dirt is added, the seeds are implanted, water is carefully poured, and the pot is placed in the sunshine so that it can grow stronger and bigger until eventually, and tragically, the child who is happy in her body is no longer recognizable and not just by sight. Her personality changed to be sullen, combative, and disengaged, She is no longer jovial or interested in much of anything unless it's related to being trans. Let me take you on the journey of how my daughter was groomed into being a trans-identified child at the age of 13. And I assume you, and I assure you, my story is not uncommon. I have heard it refrain echoed from many others with rapid-onset gender dysphoria kids. My daughter's story began innocently enough when a friend jokingly to her that she always took charge of the games that they came up with at the playground at school. Take charge, girls like boys, her friend said, and she gave her a male nickname. That same year, my daughter was the first of her friends to begin to go through puberty. Naturally, she did not like these sudden changes, as most girls initially don't. Most girls in my generation spent a few years wearing baggy clothes to cover up their maturing bodies. These days, the perfectly normal and to be expected discomfort is a clear sign of being trans, per the Internet. Also in seventh grade, after their sex ed class at school, why are they having sex ed classes at school? That's my question, especially in seventh grade. My daughter's all-female friend of this group sat in my backyard discussing what sexual categories they fell into. I think that I am an L, Once one announced. L stood for lesbian. Another said that she was agender. My daughter said she was L or pansexual. All five girls chose a label other than what is now referred to as cis, or in my daughter's words, the scorned and derogatory term basic. I was concerned about this new language. So I attended our public school sponsored sex talk. It was put on by PFLAG, which if you don't know, PFLAG is a major organization, the largest organization dedicated to spreading LGBTQ plus ideology in schools and other areas. The presentation was senseless. Gender is fluid yet immutable. There are 46 genders and all kids, regardless of age should announce pronouns at introduction it was the only parent i was the only parent interrupting them to question their illogical logic i was eventually told essentially to shut up then in 8th grade my daughter stopped being a good student she became obsessed with an older girl she met who identified as a boy my concern grew i started to go through all of my daughter's devices old obsolete iPhones and Kindles during my initial investigation i saw some odd texts and TikToks but nothing too worrying After a night in which my daughter had a panic attack, she started to open up to me about the cause of her pain and anger and why her behavior had changed so dramatically. She gave me all of her passwords for all of her accounts, even her secret ones. She admitted to having accounts in every possible platform, Discord, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok, some that I had no idea existed. This is a message to you parents. If you think you know what your kids have, kids are really good at hiding things here she continues, I spent the next couple of weeks going through each device and every platform. What I saw made me physically ill. My daughter's crush, the girl who identified as a boy, was three years older than my daughter, has sent her a 10-minute video of, and here I'm trying to heavily censor this to make this as PG-13 as possible, a 10-minute video of herself sexually abusing herself. Yes, I had, a, I had child pornography on my device. That older girl discussed perverse forms of a sexual act to a group of 13-year-old girls online. This girl admitted to having been sexually abused as a child. She admitted to being obsessed with pedophilia cases and serial killers. And now she was passing that abuse on to my child and other kids. She admitted to meeting random people in the city's park to smoke pot and engage in sexual acts. This girl is only 13 years older than her. That makes her 16 years old. The young girl girl followers treated this older girl as a sage. They hung on every word, asked her for advice, to watch her endless streams of TikToks with her drug-induced dances. They listened to her stories of being on acid and mushrooms. My daughter got interested in the dark arts because that is what this older girl liked. My daughter started asking for everything that this older kid liked. A tarantula, a throne, various records, nose rings. You get the idea. I now knew why my daughter had become unrecognizable. The history on every device was filled with pornography. And the porn was mostly guy on guy. It was violent porn. It was anime with rape scenes, pregnant cartoons, uh, sodomy, gangbangs with cartoon children. The, there were internet sites that contained written porn. And I will not describe anything further. It goes on. My daughter had been sucked into the dark web. She was only 13. And many people think this is only happening to young boys. This is happening to young girls now, too. There were searches for censored adult toys. There were surveys to determine what deviant sex acts she would partake in. There were Discord and Instagram chat rooms where girls discuss whether they are bottoms or tops And it was skip. Uh, My daughter started drawing male parts on her walls, in her room, her shoes, her pants. I accessed my daughter's group chats with the young girls from across the country where they were teaching each other how to disassociate with their bodies so that they would be comfortable posing pictures of themselves naked. Advice that included things like, since you're really a boy, your girl body really isn't yours. So it's no big thing to sell pictures to stupid men for money there was a tutorial of how to find a sugar daddy and how to set up an Amazon account so they could buy you things. And I will fast forward. I I dove in deeper. I looked at all of my daughter's followers on TikTok. The followers were male to female. uh, That means transitioners, female to male transitioners, grown men following, kids advertising their transness. I delved into her Twitter followers and found men posting, let's say, polygamy acts with demonstrations of things that I can never unsee. I read the written porn that my daughter had read. It was beyond disgusting. I started calling random contacts from her phone. There were adult men answering, anorexic male college students who were taking estrogen, strangers from other states. After several tries, I stripped my daughter's phone of all internet access. I stripped her school iPad of the most egregious sites. Why are schools giving kids iPads? Why are kids schools giving kids internet access this is horrible i bought a safe and locked up all the phones and devices i got her a new phone number so that i could block all the pedophiles and groomers with whom she was in contact just don't give her a phone destroy it destroy it i would love to say that this was the end of it but you see the plant that grew from the groomers could not be cut down so easily it kept replanting itself regrown as addiction is wont to do the pull of the porn was so strong that my daughter had friends give her their own fo- their old phones she had friends send her screenshots of quote food her word for porn she ran away stating that i abused her because i blocked the internet so you tell me is now my 15 year old daughter trans identity organic is it her trans man identity her authentic true self is her self realization that she really is a boy something should be celebrated I know, and you know now, that she was transformed slowly and methodically with intent by those who prey on young, vulnerable kids. This week, after finding yet another stowaway phone, my daughter offered to transform back to being a traditional girl. Wear bras, grow her hair out, wear stereotypical female clothes, tell everyone to use her female name in exchange to access to the internet with limited controls. Is she so addicted to porn that it trumps her alleged trans identity? Is she merely offering to bribe her time until she is 18 to transition again? I don't know. I'm not sure what we will do. But one thing that I am sure of is that this this rapid onset gender dysphoria group of kids does not come by their cross-sex identities organically or authentically. Someone plants a seed. Someone waters a seed. Someone places it in the sunshine and cultivates it carefully for reasons of their own and our children are the unwitting victims. And that's the entirety of the article. I, if this isn't enough for you, I recommend checking it out and reading it in all of its gruesome details. It simply because we have to realize that this is not a passing trend. This is not like a goth phase. This is not these things because this is, this is warping the minds of the children fundamentally. It is setting them up in addictions. It's, it's equivalent to getting your kids hooked on drugs, hooked on cocaine, hooked on all of these wicked and evil things, and they are destroying the minds of these children. And this is not happening to just random kids. You have to remember that these kids are following thousands of people, that they are connected with thousands of people, that in the story, this, this woman has tons of followers online. That there had phone calls and people connected to all across America. That they're on Discord, they're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest, all these social media platforms. Am I, uh, I'm begging you to not allow your children social media. Not allow them to have internet. Don't even give them anything that has access to internet. If you, if you want to prevent it, the only way is to cut it out completely because kids always find a way to get past these locks get past these securities to hide things to bypass them kids know the internet and they know technology better than you do so just take it away from them just don't let them have access to it it's the only way to protect these kids and in that concerning note we're going to go to break and when we come back we're going to be talking about self-defense and gun safety all this and more when we come back
7: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you know what are the two most common questions after attending a non-Catholic church service? Answer, how is the preaching and how is the worship? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, evaluation of worship? That's odd. Who's evaluating worship? Well, here's what really is meant by that. How is the music, the singing, and the audible response of the people? And if that were important, wouldn't that be our Lord's decision anyway? Secondly, Catholic teaching. Worship is fundamentally not tied to music and song, though it can be so Supported by music and song, the 2,000-year history of Catholic worship is primarily about the representing of Jesus' unbloody, timeless sacrifice on every Catholic altar. It is that moment when the bread and wine are changed into Jesus' own body and blood. We then participate in that worship by bringing our own sacrifice of self, whether sorrow or praise. And thirdly, my take, the only evaluation that should be considered after a church or a mass is the evaluation of heart and actions. That is, did we grow in obedience to the royal law of love? Help us, Father.
6: Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day, to fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything. We need Catholicism filling our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
5: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Thursday, April 13th, the year of our Lord, 2023. And these are your headlines for this morning. Zenit reports bishops released the North American final document to conclude the continental continental stage of the 2021-24 Synod. The final document from North America, along with the contributions of the six other Continental Assemblies, will form the basis of the Instrumentum Laboris to be released by the General Secretariat at the Synod in June 2023. Zenit reports the folklore movement publishes a first report on cases of abuse of minors and vulnerable adults, on spiritual and authority abuses that occurred within the movement in relation to reparation measures, new inquiry procedures, and training activities for the protection of the person. Zenit also reports the Vatican says no to laymen's preaching and baptizing in Germany. Cardinal Roke said that the present liturgical law reserves to clergymen the preaching during a Eucharistic celebration, the homily, this is not an exclusion of the laity, nor is it, of course, a negation of the right and the duty of every baptized person, man or woman, to proclaim the gospel, but rather a confirmation of the specificity of the way of the proclamation, which is the homily. And finally, Breitbart reports Anheuser-Busch has lost more than $6 billion in market value in the days following his promotional partnership with transgender transgender social media celebrity Dylan Mulvaney, with it shares falling amid a nationwide backlash against Bud Light. Din- Dylan Mulvaney, who was born a male but now claims to be a woman, is the latest spokesperson or woman-man for Bud Light, which has honored Mulvaney with a limited release, can with his face on it. In recent social media vid- videos, Mulvaney has promoted the brand by cavorting at a bubble bath and talking about March Madness. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens.
0: Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. You know, real quickly, you know, I'm really happy to hear that Bud Light is actually feeling the pain and that they are actually coming out and they're saying, hey, oh, that was a mistake. We didn't actually mean to do that. And what we have to do is we have to continue boycotting uh, Bud Light until they come out with an apology and say, I apologize for doing this. We won't do it again. Once they do that, then I say we can let up. But until then, we really should just abandon these. Not to mention that doesn't even taste good anyway. Go get a craft brew. It's much better anyway. But we have to keep doing that and because if one major company apologizes, it'll send a signal to every major company that the people, the the faithful people, people who have reason and hate what is evil— I will also be a threat to your bottom line, and maybe they'll be more hesitant to promote these evil ideas in the future. Yes. So just something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th-
5: I think we have our, our foot on that neck. Get that other foot and stomp on that neck until they apologize. <laughs> Seriously, we need to make an example. Matt Walsh is correct. We need to make one example i know there's nike i know there's other organizations but let's gather our resources and just keep that foot on that neck and they squeal uncle and say
0: we're sorry there you go there you go all right so joining us right now is rolando de la fuente he is the founder of mlr tactical a houston-based tactical instruction forum uh, rolando brings over 28 years of experience in firearm training and technology including six years with the houston police department with NRA certification as a firearm instructor and range safety officer, Rolando's mission is to empower individuals to protect their faith, family, and property. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mr. De La Fuente.
3: Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for having us on your show.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Praise be to God. You know, there is a lot of stories recently that have just been related to, to guns. And so we've been having this discussion the last couple of weeks And your son uh, reached out to me because I am friends with your your sons. And I have to say uh, that you, your kids, are some of the most uh, faithful Catholic young men that I've uh, come across. Uh, So y'all did a great job uh, raising y'all's kids. Uh, Just had to throw that out there. But, you know, the story all over America, we're seeing stories of mass shootings from transgender individuals, from people going into banks and all these different things, which is absolute tragedy, But we also know that statistically, the chances of any individual American being caught in a mass shooting is less than 1% chance of that ever happening to someone. However, if you live in a major city, there is a not unreasonable chance of you being involved in a violent crime or of any sort of crime whatsoever. And so I want to talk about this first. And then later, I want to talk about gun safety. But first, let's talk about gun preparedness uh, who should own a firearm and why should someone own a firearm
3: well first of all adrian you have to understand um, that the, the the right to own or the uh, to own a handgun or a firearm is really a measure of your responsibility how responsible you are as an individual are you a law abiding individual we know that criminals are going to gravitate to firearms because it gives them a sense of power right Law-abiding individuals want firearms for defense. That is the primary use of a firearm for a a general population. Yes, you do have firearms that are used in in war and for the defense of the country. That is a different use of a firearm. But a firearm is used for personal defense. It's not for offense in a general population. So in this country, we are blessed with the Second Amendment, which gives all of us law-abiding citizens the right to defend ourselves. By any means, right? You, you have the right to defend your home. You have the right to defend your, your, your life, your, your family, like you said, your faith. And it doesn't always have to be through violence. But sometimes you have to defend yourself by being able to equal that violence that is being projected against you. But you're doing it from a sense of defense not from a sense of offense you want to make the threat go away you don't carry a firearm because you want to kill people you want to carry a firearm because you want to protect yourself and you want to make the threat to go away
0: right exactly and that is in a perfect accord with catholic teaching which shows us that we have what's called the principle of double effect and so we have a foreseen but unintended consequence If you have someone attacking you, it's not that you desire to murder someone or to kill someone. You have no desire to do that, but it's a foreseen and unintended consequence that because I need to defend my life, the person I have to use whatever force necessary to stop the attacker. Now, how some people were accusing me of being fear mongering and saying how oh, you nobody needs to own a firearm. No one needs to do that. It's not that big of a deal. I'm fear mongering to try to scare people. Uh, is that the case or is it something that is a serious concern of uh, people want needing to defend themselves? Well, there, there's a lot of points of views on this. Right. And, and you have
3: to understand that a firearm is an inanimate object. The firearm doesn't think for itself. It doesn't operate by itself. Uh, I mean, yes, you know you have uh, some you know some instances where a person grabbed a weapon and because they don 't understand how to operate it, it went off right uh hurting somebody or you know God forbid sometimes it just it 's just an accidental shoot you know a fire a firearm but it doesn 't it doesn 't you know it, it nobody got hurt and that's that 's the best right there but a firearm is is just like it 's no different than a vehicle it 's no different than an airplane it 's no different than uh, a a can of, you know a bottle of wine, if it's not respected, if it is not understood, then people will either have an accident with it or it can also be used to do evil things right I mean if you remember back to nine uh, eleven aeroplanes were invented for transport, for transportation to be able to get from point A to point B in a much more faster and efficient manner than traveling through you know using horses or or you know cars at the time or whatever the case may be. But airplanes have been used, unfortunately, they have been weaponized at some point in the, in the past, and they've been used to do bad things. And, and you know, and, and it's the same thing with the, with, the, with the handgun. If you don't respect it, if you don't understand what is really its use and intended use, and it's not always for war, a handgun can be used for hunting, to provide food for yourself and your family. It can use, be used for self-defense. It can be used as a sporting, for sporting events. It, you know, it's not always, you know, the, the idea is not to use it always in the sense of an offense. That's really the message is you have to understand that it's just a tool and it's really the people that have to take responsibility for their
0: actions. You know, I really like what you said about one needing to respect the firearm because it kind of implies it. So would you say that someone who says, I don't like guns, I don't want nothing to do with it, I don't want to own a gun, uh, would you say that those people also should learn how to use a firearm even if they never plan on buying one i I say yes, and here 's the reason why let 's say that I am a person that
3: does not believe in firearms, uh, whether it 's because i 'm afraid of them or because of some other moral uh, uh, issues or because I saw you know a family member or a friend get killed by one and I just I just detest guns perfect you know perfect perfect reasons for why people. Uh, may not like handguns or firearms. But think about this. We don't live in a bubble, right? So I have children, you know, you know now they're getting older, but, you know, they're, they're, uh, three, have three young adults now in the house, but at some point they were toddlers. And sometimes they would go and visit their friends at their, you know, at, at their houses. So I do not want my child to go to somebody's house and whether they or, you know, the friend because, the, you know, the parents have a handgun in the gun or a firearm and the friend wants to show off and what they find it, you know, and they don't know how to operate it. They don't know how to respect it because that, you know, that instruction has never been provided. And of course, we all see Hollywood movies and we all know that in Hollywood movies, the gun is always treated as a as a go to to solve all problems or a lot of problems. And, and they, they seem like they're just so natural to just have a handgun around, you know, with no no sense of respect for it. I do not want my child to be exposed to that and, and, and be hurt because somebody does not know what they're doing. So I taught my children at a very early age, you know, once they were able to understand that they can reach things.
0: And we're going to pick up right there when we come back. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about children and them being involved with firearms and what's the danger and how do we mitigate that danger so that way we can protect our family, our friends, and our faith.
7: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever thought, well, why can't a prayer at a Catholic mass cause the Holy Spirit to come upon the bread and wine and thus turn it into the actual body and blood of Jesus? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, remember, three of the most magnificent miracles were a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon someone or something such as the Holy Spirit came upon the face of the deep and God created the world. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary and she brought forth Jesus in her womb. Secondly, a boatload of scriptural support such as 1 corinthians 10 16 which says the cup of blessing which we bless is it not a participation in the blood of christ and thirdly my honest reflection your transformation after a prayer for conversion was not and is not noticeable in the human eye so then why do you reject a prayer which transforms bread and wine into jesus body and blood i know the reason just a whole bunch of people have told you that
6: Hey, Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will build my church?
1: St. Peter.
6: And who is the current pope?
1: Pope Francis.
6: As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn,
0: love, and pass it on. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And praise be to God, it is Easter. Alleluia, alleluia. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise be to God. Amen, amen. See, now we can play the alleluia. Now we can play the alleluia. So praise be to God. And we were talking in the last segment with Rolando De La Fuente. He is the founder of MLR Tactical, a Houston based tactical instruction firm. Orlando is, uh, has 28 years of experience in firearm training and six years with the Houston Police Department, uh, we're including. And he's an NRA certified firearm instructor and range safety officer. And we're talking to him about firearm safety and firearm preparedness. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up is because I saw this story that was very concerning. A mother of a six year old who shot his teacher at right elementary school in newport virginia has been indicted by a grand jury in the story a this um, child a six-year-old just came across her, her parents firearm took it to school and fired it at the teacher now they're saying that the kid had no intention of harming the teacher they just did not know what they were doing and the teacher was seriously injured in the hand but luckily did not suffer any life-threatening wounds and But that was a, a great blessing. could have been much worse. And so many people will point to this and say, hey, the the gun was kept on the top shelf of the closet. It had a trigger lock, and yet somehow it still have, fell into this kind of problem. So oh, my question is, how do we make sure that we have our kids safe from these kind of issues, especially if we ourselves want to own a firearm and keep it around the house? Uh, Mr. De La Fuente, how do you think – how would you recommend a parent – make sure that they can keep their kids safe, not just in protecting them from uh, outside forces, but even protecting them from the tool? Well,
3: first of all, uh, the, the firearm owners need to educate themselves, first of all. That, that's step number one. If, if you purchase a vehicle, you've never driven a vehicle, and you leave the keys laying around, and you have a teenage you know, boy or girl. At some point, they may grab the keys, they may just, you know, get on the vehicle, and they may just go driving and, and go hurt themselves or somebody else, and you have no idea how it happened. Well, it's the same thing with a firearm, right? You have to understand how to, you know, how to what it is, how can you protect it. And first of all, and then second of all, you need to educate your, your children also. At some At a certain age, you have to be able to have a serious conversation with your child about what the firearm is, what is really useful, and that not to listen to the movies. The movies are there for entertainment. The cartoons, the 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 games, you know, that you see on the video games, where you use all kinds of you know weapons, like you know, uh, you know I wouldn't even mention some of the games, but I, I used to enjoy playing them. But the idea is that those are for entertainment purposes. That's not reality. And reality is that these objects can cause serious harm, not only to yourself but
0: others, if they're not respected. So you have to still uh, you have to have instill a sense of respect. And I really liked how you said um, that even if you plan on not owning a firearm, you should take your kids and train them how to use a firearm just in case they go over to their friend's house and their friends own a gun or their parents own a gun and so they will know how to say, oh, my, my, my friend is not using that firearm responsibly or, oh, that is a firearm, that can be dangerous, let me not do it. And, I've, and everyone I know who owns firearms and has kids they start training them with toy guns to treat toy guns as if they're real and say, okay, you don't point them at people, you keep the trigger down, you keep your finger off the trigger, uh, those kind of things. Let's go over some of those basic things. So if someone has ne- have never used a firearm before, what are some very basic safety things that people can keep in mind whenever they to handle a firearm for the first time?
3: So the, the, the number one thing is is do not put your finger on the trigger, no matter what. The only reason why your finger should be on the trigger is when you're ready to fire that weapon or that firearm. Second of all is you never point the muscle of the firearm to anybody. You always point it either at the ground or you point it straight up. Now, depending on, you know, of course, there is no, you know, especially in a city or in, in, a, in a two-story home, pointing it up may not even be the right choice, right? So, you know, or pointing it down may not be the right choice because if you're on the second story, you're pointing it down, you'll be pointing it at somebody on the first floor. So again, you have to use common sense. A child, you know, a, a young child and sometimes a teenager do not really follow common sense rules sometimes, right? So they have to be taught that a firearm, the muscle has to be pointed in a safe direction. And it's not always, and that's the very dynamic. You have to also be, always become conscious of that. Or what is the safe? you know? And sometimes you have to take the lesser of, of all the evils there. And, and what I mean by that is that there may not be one safe location where you can point that firearm, but you choose the one that is the safest. Well, you know, it takes a level of maturity to understand that. So the first thing is do not touch those weapons unless mom and dad are present, unless we are in a safe environment. And that's what you teach your child. You do not touch those weapons or those firearms unless mom and dad say it's okay. OK, if you if you go to a friend's house and they start, you know, they take out a firearms, you immediately walk away from them and you have to go tell an adult or you tell your friend, no, do not touch that. Now, again, that's a lot of responsibility for a young, a, a young child to tell a peer not to do something right. It takes it takes a maturity level that may not be there, but you have to they have to understand that if, if a one of their friends is touching a firearm,
0: they should not be anywhere near them and they need to go tell somebody. And so that is a really great advice for uh, for keeping it safe in the home and teaching kids about it. but how about and preparing to actually use it in a real situation and A lot of people will purchase a firearm and they 're like okay i 'm good and some of them may carry it and carry it with them, especially since now we have a where it can still carry uh, a a second amendment state in Texas and Florida is now following um, and many states will probably follow as well. And so is it good enough to just say, "Okay, I'm going to buy a firearm and I'm going to start carrying it. And now I'm good. What else should people be aware of? So absolutely not. So first of all, you have to think about every other type of machine
3: machinery that you purchase to do help you things to do around the house or on your job. You purchase a vehicle to get from point A to point B. Uh, You purchase a cell phone to help you communicate. You purchase, you know, a lawnmower, you purchase, you, know, you may have a gas stove or, or an electric range. You have electricity at the house. All of those are tools to help us have a better, easier life, you know, as, as we move our, you know, along our day. So the thing you have to understand is that every piece of machinery that you purchase or that you're going to use, there is there's an intended use. It was designed to operate in a certain way with a certain safety parameters in mind. So you really have to understand what that is and respect for what it is, because if, if you don't, it's going to come, come back, back and bite you, right? So you should always seek to understand what that, you know, how to operate that firearm. There are so many different kinds of firearms out there, so many different you know, uh, modes of operations. Uh, there's revolvers, there's semi-automatics, and within those you know, two uh, primary, primary uh, 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 models, you have many different submodels. And they operate a little bit differently. Some serve external safety, some don't. So you really have to understand that. So I would say always choose to do your research. Go speak to somebody who has experience and give you options of what's, you know, what may work for you. Because I, uh, and, and also ch- choose to get some instruction on it. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's an added expense. But if you're going to invest something like that, I think it would do a person very, very well
0: to do that. Amen. And I have a friend who is got really into into firearm safety, and I think that's really awesome. And so he was telling me all these different things, like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will buy a firearm, they'll carry it, and that's not enough. They need to, A, train on how to use their firearm, B, train how to use it in a real-world situation and not just at a range, and three, learn how to respond after someone's been shot and so be able to learn how to patch a wound, learn how to do those kind of things as well. Is that something you would recommend, or how can people learn to uh, get that kind of training? So you, so for, first of
3: all, also, you have to include ballistics, right? So you have to understand what the bullet is going to do uh, when it comes out of the muscle. Because, like I said, one firearm doesn't fit all situations. So if you live in an apartment complex with thin, you know, thin walls and everybody's kind of crowded and, it's, you know, in, and close together... Uh, does a shotgun make any sense? Um, well, maybe not, depending on what type of ammunition you're using. Does a rifle make sense? Well, probably not because, you know, it's going to over-print, over, you know, over-penetrate. Uh, does a .22 uh, make sense? Well, maybe, maybe not. .22 are inherently unreliable because of the way the ammunition is designed. So, for you know, would I use a .22 for personal defense? You know, if that's all I had, that's all I have, that would not be my first choice. But if I live out in the country... A rifle may make more sense than than, than a twenty two or a shotgun, so you really have to understand not only the weapon that you're going to go for uh, that you're going to choose, but you also have to understand the ballistics and the penetration of those ballistics and the different and the wide range of ammunition options out there so that you use the right tool for the intended purpose so yes, absolutely you should talk to somebody who's experienced about this, somebody who's done the research, and it, i mean look. We all go to the restaurant, and we all spend easily $150 for a family, for a, a family of two to go have dinner, right? If you add, add some, a couple of uh, a drinks in there, and you're close to $200 already. A class that will, you know, for three or four or five, maybe even eight hours, uh, you, you know, say you pay $200. That is a much better investment long-term if you're going to become a firearm owner or if you want to be able to talk to your children about firearms. It, it, I think that expense, that investment, will serve you much better than going out to have dinner for one night.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and and maybe it could be a, a date night. Take your your wife out and uh, go out and do uh, some training together. That'd be a and that's actually cool you bring up
3: a really good point because if you are going to own a firearm
0: and you live either by yourself or you live
3: with your wife or you or with a family, you have to have a plan of action because if you notice these days when you have a people breaking into your home, like, you know, we call them home evasions, you know, not just burglaries. Home invasion is when somebody's in the house and somebody's purposely trying to break in to not only steal from you, but to terrorize you, okay? So home evasion, this, this, time, uh, this day, day and age, people are not doing it, you know, you have one perpetrator doing this. Now they're working in groups, and they're coming with a plan, and some of them are heavily armed. So you can't just uh, depend yourself on having one handgun in the house, as an example, and you're the only one that knows how to use it. Your wife, you know, is afraid of of the of the weapon because you know you've never taken the time to to uh, to uh, work with her with it or explain to her. Or maybe she's the, the the firearm owner and the husband doesn't believe in it. You know, you have to approach it from a, from a from a, a couple perspective or a family perspective and have a plan. Okay, if the husband is in charge of defending the home, then the wife should be on the phone calling the neighbors. Calling the police, whoever she needs to call, the police preferably. But she needs to understand what to tell the police because sometimes the police does not know what's going on at the house. He just says, "Hey, I'm getting, you know, we're getting shot over here. You know, come over here quick." And that's the only thing she says. The police arrive. They confuse her husband for mm. the perpetrator. He doesn't know what he's doing. He'll point the the firearm at the police because he's, you know, his mind is in, in fight or flight mode, and then he'll get hurt by the police. It's a, you know, it's,
0: it's an accidental shooting. Yeah, that's that's an excellent place uh, to to stop and uh, we'll have to have you back on in the future to uh, talk more about this. Where can people get uh, get in touch with you if they want to find out more information or do training with you? So, uh you know, so, so
3: we're a new company and a new a new firm, so we we're, we're uh, establishing ourselves on the uh, on the social media uh, platform, but you can reach out me uh, to me at my cell phone which is 713-724-9754, that's 713-724 Ninety-seven fifty-four. You can also look at us uh, in uh, on Facebook at MLR Tactical.
0: MLR Tactical. Thank you very much. And we'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time after this.
1: Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at CatholicsComeHome.com.
6: I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out CatholicsComeHome.com.
7: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When you walk into your non-denominational church or your mega-church, what do you see? What stands out to you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, observations in a Catholic church. You will notice at least eight items, all of which have religious, historical, or biblical significance. Secondly, what are those items? As soon as you walk in, the can't-miss, baptismal font, a stone altar, stained-glass windows, 14 stations of Christ's passion, statues, a gold tabernacle, a lit candle near the tabernacle, and a large crucifix and thirdly, my take So, what seems to fill your church and truly move you toward Jesus? Oh, I know you don't need a physical or superfluous objects to move you toward Jesus He's everywhere and in your heart And that is true But tell that to Moses, David, and Solomon Who were under strict and exact directions from God On how to build his house and then fill it with his Shekinah glory I mean, does a comfy chair, does a flashy fender guitar, does a well-fashioned stage move you toward contemplation and holiness? Remember, stages are for entertainment, but sanctuaries are for worship
6: Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the ministry of Catholic radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic radio. Please support the ministry of Catholic radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network.
1: Celebrating the culture of life, this is the
2: Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
8: Hi, this is Emily White from the San Jose Clinic. You're listening to KSHJ, 1430 AM, Catholic Radio for Houston.
5: Today we pray for those who are suicidal. Heavenly Father, we adore you. You delighted in the thought of each one of us and so created us that we would share in your life and love both now and forever. Our lives are precious. Help those who are tempted to take their own lives to find you. Reveal your love to them and open their eyes to the wonder of their existence. Give them hope in their despair, joy in their sorrow, peace in their distress. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
8: Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood.
9: Welcome to our daily
1: mass on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio
5: Network.
10: Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sister Us pray, O oh God, who have united the many nations in confessing your name, grant that those reborn in the font of baptism may be one in the faith of their hearts and the homage of their deeds, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever.
11: A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. As a crippled man who had been cured clung to Peter and John, all the people hurried in amazement toward them in a portico called Solomon's Portico. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people. You children of Israel, why are you amazed at this, and why do you look so intently at us, as if we had made him walk by our own power, our piety? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in Pilate's presence when he had decided to release him you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. The author of life you put to death, but God raised him from the dead. Of this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, this man, whom you see and know, his name name had made strong, and the faith that comes through it has given him this perfect health. In the presence of all of you. Now I know, brothers and sisters, that you acted out of ignorance, just as your leaders did, but God has thus brought to fulfillment what He had announced beforehand through the mouth of all the prophets, that His Christ would suffer. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be wiped away. And that the Lord may grant you times of refreshment and send you the Christ already appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of universal restoration, of which God spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. For Moses said, a prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin. To him you shall listen in all that he may say to you. Everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be cut off from the people. Moreover, all the prophets who spoke from Samuel and those afterwards also announced these days, You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors. When he said to Abraham, In your offspring, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first, God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways.
0: Answer, and it is your job to tell me whether or not he's right or wrong. So that's a true or false question, which means there's a 50 50 chance, even if you don't know the question at all, if you just guess, you have a 50 50 chance of getting the question right. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. And Tito, what could they win? The prize
5: is from Studio Sen, a small creative company founded on the goal of designing passionate Catholic art and illustrations. With a variety of products from sacrament cards and accessories to children's books and posters. Studio Sen hopes to use unique products to help pass down the faith to the next generation. The winning prize is a Marian tote bag and pin bundle. Visit Studio Sen.com for all your Catholic gifts
0: and decor. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Studio Sen, for your generous donation of a sponsorship for this week. And that number to call if you want to be a, have a chance to win. The Studio Send gift is 877-757-9424. Let me look over to my left and see that we have no callers on the line, which means that there is a perfect opportunity for you to dial in and be our contestant. We always take the first caller. So that number to call, 877-757-9424. They take the first caller and you could win the Studio Send gift, 877 757 9424. And that's the number to call. And we, I love our callers from Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Alabama, all sorts of callers all over the country. And so we love our generous callers. So that number, make sure you write it down. So if you are not on today, if you're not our first caller, then you can call in early tomorrow and you can still be the contestant because tomorrow is the day we give out the prize. So make sure you write that number down, 877-757-9424. Put that in your speed dial so that way as soon as the game starts, you can dial in or... Here's a pro tip. You can actually dial in as early as the 7 o'clock hour. As soon as the 7 o'clock hour starts, you can call in early and hang on hold there, and we will bring you in as soon as the game show starts. And here is another pro tip. If you go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, you can go there, and you can find all the information, our phone number listed. If you say, Adrian, you talk too fast, I can't hear you, going to grnonline.com forward slash CDT has all of our information on how to connect with us, the rules of the game, and our phone number is listed there. So make sure you do that, and you can hang out with us right there. Uh, but joining us uh, right now is uh, Sophia. Good morning to you, Sophia. Good morning. Sophia, where are you calling from?
1: I'm calling from Fort Stockton, Texas.
0: Fort Stockton, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, Fort Stockton, Texas, what are they known for there? Is it it cattle?
1: Uh, No, we have a lot of history, uh, museums, forts here. There was a fort here. Uh, I hate to say that we have two prison units here, but, you know, keeping us safe.
0: There you go. There you go. Praise be to God. I've uh, never. I don't think I've ever been to Fort Stockton. Uh, what is the closest city from that? Is it San Antonio? Uh, no, it's actually. You
1: know where Odessa, Texas,
0: is? I do know Odessa, Texas.
1: Okay, we're 80 miles west
0: of Odessa. Oh, there you go. 80 miles west of Odessa. I have to ask David Magianis in our Houston office. He's our business manager for the GRN. He grew up in Odessa, Texas, so I have to ask him. I'm sure he's been in the area many times. But praise be to God. How is your uh, Easter going? How was your Easter?
1: Our, East, um, our Easter was well. It was good, but we had to split uh, because we had a grandson that was having surgery, and then we had a baby shower. So our family was kind of split in different ways, but we all celebrated. So
0: Well, praise be to God. We'll be praying that uh, everything went well with that and for the new baby. That's pretty awesome. Praise be to God. A great Easter gift right there. Isn't that it, right?
1: That's, that's correct. Yeah, that, that
0: will be our fifth grandchild. Oh, praise be to God. Congratulations. Fifth grandchild. Grandma, five times already. Praise be to God. What a grace. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. All righty, Sophia. Are you familiar with how the game works? Are you ready to play the game?
1: I'm ready to
0: play the game. All right, let's do it. The question number one goes to Tito. Tito, are you ready to play? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's jump this. on it. Let's see. The question on the board, what is the origin of the word Halloween? The origin of the
5: word Halloween, and thank you to the English for, re, uh, for getting this, is All Hallows Eve, which oh. is, yeah, the vigil of All Saints Day.
0: Very interesting. Yes, All Hallows Eve. All and it, Hallows Eve. Yes. Okay, very interesting. I, I, that's very, I, hmm, it seems, pff, All Hallows' Eve, Halloween, I mean, I don't know, sounds made up to me, but that's not me to determine, that's Sophia's job to determine. Sophia, 15 seconds on the clock, the question is, what is the origin of the word Halloween? Tito seems to think it's All Hollow's Eve, uh, what say you, Sophia, is he right, is he wrong, is he trying to trick you? What say you, Sophia? Uh, I agree with him. He is correct. He is correct, she says. Way to go, Sophia! Congratulations. All Hallows' Eve, the day before All Saints' Day, the night before All Saints' Day, All Hallows' Eve. So, yes, Halloween is a Catholic holiday, not a pagan one. So, praise be to God, yes. Sophia. You are rocking it, living up to your name. Sophia, a the lover of wisdom, someone who is wise, so very good. Very good, <laughs> hey, that's Sophia. That's true. Uh, Sophia, are you ready for question number two, Oh, wise one?
1: Oh, yes, I'm ready.
0: All right. All right. Let's jump into it. Question number two. Now, Tito, this question, I don't know. This is this looks pretty difficult. Looks pretty difficult. The question on the board, what are the last five words of the Our Father?
5: The Our Father prayer Uh deliver us from evil that's what one two four amen
0: amen deliver uh, us from evil amen i deliver think that counts us from evil amen yeah that that, that is that count i that, i'm I counting think, five i'm okay. counting five yes all I think right that's fine <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my fingers Monsieur and <laughs> i only needed to use one hand so that means we're i think we're good all right sophia what are the last five words of the Our Father. 15 seconds on the clock. Tito says it's deliver us from evil, amen. Is he right? Is he wrong? Is he using a different Our Father? Uh, what say you, Sophia?
1: Well, the thing is, is, is amen part of the Our Father?
0: That's the question.
1: That's the response. So I say no. I I think no.
0: Are you sure you're going to go with no? Uh, Well... Now you're making me hesitate, but I don't think that it is part of the Our Father. I don't think he said to say amen. Okay, okay, so. she's going to go with no. Oh! No. Yeah, in fact, the answer is correct. And deliver us from evil, amen. Though, you know, that's a good point. I wonder. That is I a good to, point. I'm going to go, I'm go yeah. look in this sacred yeah. scripture and see, does our Lord say amen at the end of the Our Father when he brings it up? I'm very curious now that yep. you bring that up, but yeah. on according to the uh, the sheet here, uh, the Amen is in fact included in the Our Father, but uh, now okay, you, but, now yeah. now you got me doubting. So, okay,
1: but since you, uh, it, I should get the benefit of the doubts for that because now you're doubting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will we will make an executive decision at the uh, s c after we see if you get question number three correct. Are you ready for question number three? Uh, i All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Question number three. Question number three. Who wears the white skull cap?
5: The white skull cap. The yarmulke, that's Jewish. So uh, a beginner rabbi wears oh. the white skull cap.
0: Oh, so like, a, like an advanced rabbi gets a black one or something? Correct. Yes, oh. like a
5: black belt in karate. Oh.
0: Exactly. That's where it came from. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm following, I'm following. Yeah,
5: when the Jews visited Japan, they introduced the color bands.
0: Interesting, interesting. All right, Sophia, that's the question for you. 15 seconds on the clock. Who wears the white skull cap? Is it a beginner rabbi? And then, like, more advanced rabbis get a black one, according to Tito. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. What say you, Sophia? Is he right? Is he wrong? What say you, Sophia?
1: I need to phone a friend. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think
0: he's wrong. He thinks you're wrong, no. she says. Yes, yes. Way to go, Sophia! Yes. Yeah, yes. Sophia! And nailed it. The answer, the correct answer is, in fact, the Pope. The Pope yes. wears a white skullcap. He has a, a white zucchetta that he wears. It's a very nice. Uh, though there are some religious orders who also wear... A white zucchetta. Is that true? Uh, yes, there are. There are. Because they wear all white habits and they wear a zucchetta as part of their habit. And so they, they look like little popes. It's kind of funny. Uh, but way to go, Sophia. Stay on the line. We're going to make sure you get your information. And I tell you what, that was a tricky question, number two. I think I'm going to give it to you. We'll because, give it to her. Because I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. So I'm going to give it to you. Stay on the line and we're going to get your contact information. And uh, but God bless you and have a happy rest of the Easter Octave. Okay, thank you. God bless you. And that's gonna do it for today. Where we're gonna go into our after show where we're gonna interact with you directly. And you can hop on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and you can leave a chat, just look us up, Catholic Drive Time on any of those platforms, and we'll interact with you directly. If not, we'll see you back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern across the Guadalupe Radio Network.
12: is Christi, today we celebrate Thursday within the octave of Easter. We offer this holy sacrifice of the Mass for all of our online viewers and all those listening on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
8: Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. Our triumphant holy day Hallelujah Who did once upon the cross Hallelujah Suffered her to redeem our loss, Hallelujah
12: They praised in unison your conquering hand, O Lord, for wisdom opened mouths that were mute and gave eloquence to the tongues of infants. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries.
8: Kiri ele song. Christ ele his song. Kiri song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you. We bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have united the many nations in confessing your name, grant that those reborn in the font of baptism may be one in the faith of their hearts and in the homage of their deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
9: A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. As a crippled man who had been cured clung to Peter and John, all the people hurried in amazement toward them, and the portico called Solomon's portico. When Peter saw this, he addressed the people, You children of Israel, why are you amazed at this? And why do you look so intently at us, as if we had made him walk by our own power or piety? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in Pilate's presence. When he had decided to release him, you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you, the author of life you put to death. But God raised him from the dead. Of this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, this man whom you see and know his name has made strong, and the faith that comes through it has given him his perfect health in the presence of all of you. Now I know, brothers and sisters, that you acted out of ignorance, just as your leaders did, but God has thus brought to fulfillment what he had announced beforehand through the mouth of all the prophets, that this Christ would suffer. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be wiped away, and that the Lord may grant you time of refreshment. And seeing you, the Christ already appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until this time of universal restoration, of which God spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. For Moses said, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you. From among your own kin. To him you shall listen, and all that he may say to you. Everyone who does not listen to the prophet will be cut off from the people. Moreover, all the prophets who spoke, from Samuel to those afterwards, also announced these days You are the children of the prophets, and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, whom he said to Abraham In your offspring all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you, first, God raised up His servant and sent Him to bless you, by turning each of you from your w- from your evil ways. The word of the Lord. Responsorial Psalm: O Lord our God, how wonderful Your name in all the earth! O Lord our God, how wonderful Your name in all the earth! O Lord, our lo- our Lord. How glorious is your name over all the earth. What is man that you should be mindful of him, or the son of man that you should care for him? O Lord our God, how wonderful your name over all the earth. You have made him little less than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. All sheep and oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and fish of the sea, and whatever swims the path of the sea. O Lord our God, how wonderful your name, O
8: earth. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
12: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The disciples of Jesus recounted what had taken place along the way and how they had come to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you question? And why do questions arise in your hearts look at my hands and my feet that it is i myself touch me and see because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see i have and as he said this he showed them his hands and his feet while they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed he asked them have you anything here to eat they gave him a piece of baked fish And he took it and ate it in front of them he said to them these are my words that i spoke to you while i was still with you that everything written about me in the law of moses and in the prophets and psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them thus it is written that the christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The gospel of the Lord. This is such a a very real gospel for me. Uh, 63 days ago, my my dad died suddenly of a massive heart attack. And at first it was like the surreal shock, like this isn't real. This didn't actually happen. And as I began to pray, and as I began to walk the few days immediately after, there were so many consolations of God that were very much like this. You know, Jesus appearing to them and saying, why do questions arise in your hearts? Why are you troubled? It was very much like that. God was asking me, Tell me about your your pain. Tell me about your shock. Share with me. Don't keep it to yourself. Share with me um, your struggles. And this process of grieving, of sharing with God uh, pain and and the suffering, was the immediate alleviation of it. There was an immediate kind of uh, consolation there, and the reality that the resurrection is real. It's very real, especially when it's someone you love very closely. It's very, very personal. And in fact, it was about the first couple days were, of course, absolute shock, and I felt like a zombie. I couldn't string a couple words together. But day by by day three, after going through these different consolations of God, I remember I was walking in a grocery store, and I heard this very clear voice, and I knew who it was, ask me will you preach the homily at my funeral mass? And the only thing I could say was, yes, of course. And eight days later, there he was, being able to stand in front of uh, all of his relatives and friends, and I think do, doing him proud by giving him a good send-off and preaching his homily without falling apart. And the only thing that can refer to is God's grace, God's holy grace that helps us to really, truly accept the resurrection. In fact, one, at one point, when I was praying the glorious mysteries with my mother, I actually apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry. I'm smiling so much because I'm so overjoyed that G- that my, my father, uh, you know, gets his eternal reward. Not to presume where he is or anything. Still pray for his repose of his soul. But this feeling that he is actually risen with and in Jesus Christ is this unbelievable consolation that the resurrection is real and that we stand on the most solid ground of Jesus Christ who is risen over death. He is victorious over the world, the flesh, the devil, sin and death and that is why we can truly and deeply say with all of our hearts and beings Alleluia, the Lord Is truly risen. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may shine forth in the joy and rejoicing of Jesus risen from the dead. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may serve joyfully as Jesus serves. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, the lost, the forsaken, the grieving, the mourning. For these, we pray to the Lord. We pray for all of our beloved dead. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
8: Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. Spirit, we adore you, lay our lives before you, how we love you.
12: Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Perfect within us, O Lord, we pray, the solemn exchange brought about by these Paschal offerings that we may be drawn from earthly desires to a longing for the things of heaven through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, O Lord, but on this day, above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true Lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying, he has destroyed our death. By rising, restored our life. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim...
8: Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth. Pleni sunt caeli et terra gloria Osanna in excelsis. Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini. Osanna.
12: that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus
8: Christ. Row him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours, for ever and ever. Amen. Proceptus salutare bus moniti, et divini institutioni formati, audihemus ticere, Pater noster, we in celis, Sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tuha, sicut in ce lohu et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie et dimitte nobis debita nostra, sicut et nostimitimus, Dabe torrebos nostris at ne no sed libera a Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil.
12: Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ.
8: MISERERE NOBIS ANIUS TEHI QUIT HOLIS PECATAM UNDIM MISERERE NOBIS ANIUS TEHI QUIT HOLIS PECATAM UNDIM DONNA NOBIS PACEM
12: BEHOLD communion antiphon O chosen people proclaim the mighty works of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light Alleluia Act of spiritual communion My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, least spiritually into my heart, I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The body of Christ. The body of body of grace body of grace
8: Strife is o'er the battle done, the victory of life is won. The song of triumph has begun, Alleluia. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The powers of death have done their worst But Christ the legions hath dispersed let shout of holy joy outburst Alleluia 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 Alleluia, Alleluia. Let us pray. Hear, O Lord, our prayers, that this most holy exchange by which you have redeemed us may bring your help in this present life and ensure for us eternal gladness through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with
12: you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Alleluia, Alleluia.
8: At the Lamb's high feast we sing praise to our victorious King, who hath washed us in the tide, flowing from his pierced side. Praise we him whose love divine. Gives the guest his blood for wine Gives his body for the feast Love the victim, love the priest Where the paschal blood is poured Death's Archangel shields his sword Israel's hosts in triumph go Through the wave that drowns the foe Christ the lamb whose blood was shed Paschal victim, Paschal bread With sincerity and love Eat we manna from above Mighty victim from on high Powers of hell beneath thee lie Death is broken in the fight Thou hast brought us life and light Now thy banner thou dost wave, Congress, Satan, and the grave, With sincerity and love Eat we manna from above.
12: The Prayer to St. Michael
1: From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary... Hi, my name is Presley. And Sarah. We are from St. Teresa.